Ghana's Prime Headlines is brought to you by... Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Coming to you live from our studios here at Kukumeme in Accra, this is Joy News Prime with me, Carlos Caloni. Now in our headline, majority of police officers are not happy with IGP Dampari's administration. Tales begin to draw from one after the other probe into leaked IGP tape saga as COP Alex Menson confirms his voice but says it has been doctored. Also, special prosecutor fight off claims that it acted on public sentiment and without legal backing as it describes the computation of the time limitation based on which an Accra High Court declined it freezing and seizures orders as Irenos. At 8 p.m., we have prime business with Beverly Broom. Cylinder recirculation model set to take off tomorrow as NPA reviews directives on the use of Ghana card as the only form of identification for registration. And Prime Sports will air at 8.30. Organa's Thomas Party and Salis Abdul Samed set to square off in the UEFA Champions League group stages as their clubs get drawn in Group D. Join us Prime is live on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on all social. We are joining us. Also on DSTV channel 421. Go TV 125. We are your home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Stay with us. Join News Prime Headlines was brought to you by. Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for joining us here on Joy News Prime. Now, majority of police officers are not happy with IGP Dampari's administration. A claim by COP George Alex Mensa, one of the three police officers caught on tape planning to oust IGP Akufo Dampari. Now, the Director General of Operations for the Ghana Police Service disclosed that he has always wanted to be made the Inspector General of Police. According to him, this lobbying has been ongoing since the governing New Patriotic Party assumed office in 2017. We'll hear COP George Alex Mensan's testimony at the committee shortly. But first, let's listen to this. If you put me in your breast pocket, you might have breast cancer. If you put me in your back pocket, you might not be able to sit down. GA Mensah is not viable. Now, answering questions before the parliamentary committee investigating the leak tape, COP George Alex Mensah said the IGP is mismanaging the police service and personnel were unhappy under his administration. Speaking to the audio, now, in that same statement, you've indicated that meanwhile this IGP is not correct. Uh, Commissioner, can you explain 
what you meant by this IGP is not correct. What has he done? Honorable Chair, I will not deny that fact today, tomorrow, or the next day. I will make that statement again. That the current Inspector General of Police is not managing the police service well. It's something I will not run away from. I will say it everywhere, anywhere that I go. And you can do your own investigations, call police officers underground, and find out from them. Commissioner, calm down. Calm down. Can you assist this committee? Is he within the context of your statement? It had to do with elections. So let's do some quick analysis of his conduct relative to elections. Has he evinced some level of unprofessionalism? when it comes to the policing of elections to the best of your knowledge because you spoke within the context of the conduct of elections my concern was and is that as we speak majority of police officers are not happy. And if these same people are those who are going to police the elections, and remember, police officers, they vote. Their wives vote. Their children vote. Their mothers and fathers vote. That's my concern. Now, asked whether he trusted in the ability of Bugrinabo to lobby for him to become the IGP, the COP answered in the affirmative. The Commissioner of Police, however, noted that Bugrinabo's testimony about him in the presence of the committee were full of lies. We know this committee doesn't have any original tape, as you are saying. But when we listened to Al-Hajj Bukhinabu, when he appeared before the committee, Mr. Chair, he stated that after he taped, he sent a tape to the president. The implication is that the original tape is the president. Maybe that's why my counsel were asking if we can get hold of the original tape. Mr. Chair, my discussions with Pukrinabu was a private conversation and nobody alerted me that they are recording it. So I still see it as private conversation and most of the things I'm not ready to talk about is most especially when this is being videoed and being put
Now, I have been joined by Professor Kwesi Elin, the Director of Faculty of Academic Affairs and Research at the Kofi Annan International Peacekeeping Training Center. Prof, uh, we are so grateful you could join us here. Now, thanks for the time you are going to spend with us here. We want to find out from you, COP George Alex Merson said, majority of police officers are not happy with IGP Damparis administration. I want to find out from you, is COP Mensan sowing seeds of uh, disaffection against the sitting IGP or he's actually stating a fact? Well, I don't think he's stating any fact. I mean, you can see from his body language and demeanor that this is a man who is almost ready to explode. You know, so purely based on his behavior before this committee and the amount of pent-up anger, you know, it raises quite some concerns. The usage of the word majority, I think we can uh, dismiss. Okay. I train several police officers every year. Some will give negative comments. Majority of them, or both some of them, will also give very positive comments. But there are very disturbing aspects um, to the commissioner of police's, you know, comments. If he has this frustration about the performance of IGP Dampari, there are well laid out procedures and mechanisms for complaints and for bringing your, you know, uh, dissatisfaction forward. It may be that he doesn't trust the internal processes and procedures. But, you know, the police council is there. And for the purposes of this conversation, you know, the police council has two advisory bodies. Okay. The appointments and promotions advisory body and the police uh, management board. Now, these advisory bodies are there purposely to ensure that individuals who have grievances, who are unhappy, you know, may then take those things up. Worst case scenario, he could have gone to the you know, Commission for Human Rights and Administrative Justice. But to seek to use a political outlet and to confirm that he has, I don't know the word to you, that he has, um, he has wanted this post right from the word go, you know, taints the objectivity of what he's saying. Finally, when he, is, he raises concerns about the IGP's professionalism and therefore his unwillingness, you know, to be manipulated in changing the outcome of an election. That is very problematic. Okay. And the fact that people are unhappy but will have to play a role in election security tax forces doesn't mean that their wives and children will also vote differently or they will not vote. If we do a random sampling in Ghana and people are unhappy, that doesn't mean they are going to you know, misbehave or take the law into their own hands. So there are very disturbing aspects of his behavior, mm. of the argument, um, that I think we need to subject very carefully. But certainly, this is an individual who seeks to go down, either to pull the IGP down with him, or certainly to destroy a service that he has served for I don't know how many years. Yep. And therein lies my pain and my concern. All right. Prof, but yes, you know, COP Mensa will definitely go on retirement by September 16, according to the fact. And one could say he's just expressing the sentiment of 
other officials who count for fear of victimization. What do you make of uh, those, uh, that school of thought, for instance? You know, I truly do not like people who don't have the backbone and the gumption to speak up when they are facing some problems wherever they work. And particularly for Mr. Mensah to wait until he's on terminal leave to speak. What is he afraid of? He's a commissioner of police. He was IGP material. Mm-hmm. Dr. Dampari as IGP does not have the right to sack him or to demote him. So what it means is that this is an individual who has raised some concerns. And my suggestion is that, yes, after this committee has sat, we need to look into whatever he's saying. Issues of disaffection within the service is very key to national stability and security. But it is helpful that at his position and level that he didn't use the statutory tested internal mechanisms for addressing grievances. That, I think, weakens whatever case he has. And the fact that he thought using political channels was the right thing, that was absolutely wrong for a man in his position. And it raises concerns as to the extent to which he can treat his political opponents fairly. That is not right. And that, I think, undermines the sanctity, the professionalism, and the neutrality of of the Ghana Police Service. And he does great disservice to the honest men and women in this service who, irrespective of their difficulties, seek to perform a service that is neutral and very uh, professional. All right, talking about political, or political, uh, you bringing in the policy, I want to find out from you. So political interference in the police service appears to be um, affecting its administration. I want to find out from you, how can we eliminate or minimize political interference in security matters in the country? What do we need to do? I mean, look, most of my work over the past 40 years have focused particularly related to the security agencies about improving professionalism, sharpening integrity, ensuring that internal mechanisms for decision-making processes are clear and well laid down, and that the, the, the processes for redressing concerns are also very clear. Mm. I want to make yet another point. In every single administration across the world, you choose those that you feel comfortable with and who are qualified to deliver the services and the political objectives of that particular government. Okay, so there is nothing wrong. Where the mistakes do come in relates to political appointees unwilling to submit themselves to the rule of law when they have flouted those rules. And I think there have been a couple of examples um, most recently on Saturday when some regional minister was speaking very harshly okay. to, a, to a regional police commander. Those things are not acceptable. The essence of holding political appointment is to subject yourself actually to the will of the people and to respect those in authority that you work with. Because when a regional minister speaks down to a regional commander in a public space, don't forget they are all, they are all working together on or sitting together on the regional security council. Yeah. You know, so political interference comes in different forms and shapes. 
But when all parties are professional, they are neutral in the performance of their of their duties, then that does not become a problem. It's when they are very um, meddlesome. Okay. They want to play a role in in recruitment, in promotion, in disbursement of the money, how the money is used, then that can become a problem. Okay, so, but let me find out, is it time to uh, reform the administrative structure of the police service, especially the police management board, which was uh, highly mentioned today during the engagement? Do you see any problem? Yeah, but, this, but these are internal, you know, processes. And maybe Mr. Benson should read my 2015 article on, on, on uh, resurrecting the Ghana police service. Mm. And also my early article about an overview of the Ghana police service. There are internal bureaucratic and structural problems and difficulties that can only be resolved by the Ghana Police Service. Okay, so if the management board is not functioning well, what are the processes and mechanisms that can elevate these challenges up to the police council? Except we are saying that the council itself is not performing well and cannot provide the guidance and the strategic vision that we want. But if the council is failing, then we have parliament. Because under the rules and regulations, actually, the council must be sending an annual report to the Parliamentary Committee on Defense and, uh, and in, Interior. So there are multiple ways and levels at which the oversight role of the performance of the Ghana Police Service can be looked at. Okay. Are these institutions working well? Have they failed? How can we make improvements? Mr. Mincer's approach in raising his concerns about the effectiveness or otherwise of these internal mechanisms came too late, was too little, and the channels that he used, totally wrong. Thank you, Prof. Yes, it's always good to you. All right, moving on, the special prosecutor has described the computation of the time limitation based on which an Accra High Court declined its freezing and seizure orders as erroneous. Now, a High Court in Accra on Thursday ordered the special prosecutor to return the property it seized from the matrimonial home of the former Minister for Sanitation and Water Resources within seven days. The court also declined the application of the special prosecutor to freeze two accounts of the former minister. Now, a statement from the Office of the Special Prosecutor assured the public that it will take all legal steps that's, that seize amount and balance the uh, Madame de Pes account, uh, either concealed or lost or otherwise dissipated. Now, we'll bring you details of the story, but first, Richard Kujo Nyako was in court and came through with this report. The OSP's case to the court was that it had conducted a search in Madame Cecilia Dapas' matrimonial home and discovered an amount of $590,000 and 2.7 million Ghana cities. The OSP suspects that the property were tainted. The Office of the Special Prosecutor also found an undisclosed amount of transactions in two accounts belonging to the former minister. The accounts were today named Societe General Ghana and then Prudential Bank. The OSP also made the point that the fact remains 
that the sources of the money remained doubtful and thus went ahead to issue its freezing orders. And so per the act that established the OSP, when an asset has been seized and frozen by its office, the office needs to confirm at the High Court within a period of seven days. Now Madam Cecilia Dapa opposed the application. It was her contention that the OSP had breached its own law by not confirming such seizures and freezing of her account within the mandatory seven-day period set by its enabling legislation. And if the court goes ahead to confirm and endorse the acts of the OSP, it may be giving it blessings to illegalities that will mean that the court will be condoning lawlessness. She said the conditions precedent for the OSP to seize and freeze property of Madame Cecilia Dapa were not met before the OSP carried out the act of searching her house and by so doing has failed to properly invoke the jurisdiction of the court. To Madame Cecilia Dapa, the property were acquired long before she came into public office and she's not emerged in any corruption or corruption related activity now the court set down four main issues for determination in its ruling the first was the capacity of the person who authorized the affidavit it was established that it was not the osp who authorized it but it was done by someone who has the authority to do so and so the presumption of regularity had been satisfied and that's the objection by Madam Cecilia Dapa on the basis of the capacity of the person who authorized it was far-fetched and without any legal justification. The second issue set down by the courts looked at whether the condition precedent for the seizure of the property in Madam Cecilia Dapa's matrimonial home was met. The court said the OSP acted in excess of its jurisdiction. The OSP also failed to confirm the seizure within seven days and the court cannot purport to do something which is illegal. The court indicated they are mandated to uphold the law and not condone breaches. The court said the former minister had demonstrated that she was not concealing any property because the property the OSP found in her home could have been concealed during the subsistence of the criminal case but the respondent did not do so and that the OSP failed to justify any reasonable suspicion of the property being tainted. To the court, what the OSP has done is to interfere with the property of Madame Cecilia Dapa and that's in breach of the 1992 constitution. And on the final issue for determination and that the OSP acted on mere speculation was reactionary to public sentiment and acted without any legal authority. The court thus ordered the OSP to return the property he discovered in her matrimonial home to her within a period of seven days. Reporting from the court complex, my name is Richard Kujenyakum for Joy News. Now here's a statement released by the Office of the Special Prosecutor. Now, the Office of the Special Prosecutor OSP commenced investigation in the third week of July 2023 in respect of suspected corruption and corruption-related offenses regarding large amounts of money and other valuable items involving uh, Ms. Cecilia Abena Dapa, a former Minister of Sanitation and Water Resources. On August 31, uh, 2023, the High Courts Accra refused to grant the application of the seizure and freezing orders on the grounds that the confirmation of seizure application was filed out of time, that the OSC did not provide any basis for the seizure and the freezing since it did not disclose the details of the transaction in the account. And further, 
that the freezing order was based on public sentiment and without proper investigations. While the OSP respects the court's decision, it disagrees with the decision of the court. First, the OSP believes that the court's computation of the time limitation is with respect erroneous. Now, the OSP said three private residences associated with Ms. Dapa over the course of two weeks. The searches and discovery were ongoing during that period. There is little doubt that the OSP filed each application within the statutory window once the search and discovery window is conceded. Second, the seizure by the OSP and the special prosecutor's freezing order were if, if effectuated on the very firm basis of reasonable suspicion that the amount and bank balances were tainted property as Mr. Papp prevacuated as the sources of the amount she reported stolen from her residence. The amount discovered by the OSP in her residence and the volume of transactions in a bank account and investment. Third, the freezing order was not based on public sentiment. Rather, it was based on court processes filed in a criminal matter before the circuit court, a crime involving Mr. Pa as the complainant. Further, the freezing order was effected to aid the investigation as required by law, not on the basis of the investigation as indicated by the court. Therefore, it cannot be said that the OSP did not carry out proper investigations to warrant the freezing order. Investigation has only commenced and it is ongoing. The OSP assures the public that it will take all necessary legal steps to ensure that the seized amount and the balances in Ms. Depez's bank account and investment are neither concealed, lost, or otherwise dissipated. Now, moving on, the police have arrested two suspected illegal miners alleged to be part of a larger group of Galamse operators at Pena number two in the Ashanti region. The police, with the support of the local traditional council, raided the illegal mining enclave to swoop in on the miners. There's more in the following report. Two excavators on six acres of land digging for the mineral ore. Upon sighting the police, the illegal miners took to their heels, but two were arrested. The Pechi number two traditional council called in the support of the police to rid the area of illegal miners. Richard Nyantechi is secretary to the council. Illegal miners in the community were arrested yesterday. The chief prompted the police upon noticing the illegal miners. The police swiftly acted on it. When we got into their site, the police quickly got in and arrested them. We came across three excavators when we got there. They started working not long ago, but they have destroyed about six acres of land.
The traditional council has instituted surveillance over its land to ward off illegal miners. The Nifahini of Pichin No. 2, Nana Kweku Amwakuku for the second, applauded the police for the swift response. He called for the support of the community members in volunteering information to rid off illegal mining enclaves. The, the police force, oh my idea. The police responded to our call quickly to rid off illegal miners. The fight against Galamsey is difficult. We can't fight it alone. We all have to get involved. Our lands are getting destroyed. Our farms are being destroyed by these illegal miners. We won't survive if they continue to mine. Reporting for Joe News, Nana Boache Dankwa Yadom, Kumase. Moving on, lack of traffic signals on many roads in Ghana poses danger to commuters. Power cards also render traffic signals unusable, resulting in accidents. But there's good news. A student of Sunyan Technical University have come up with a less costly solar-powered portable traffic light, which can easily be moved to affected areas. Love FM's Chrissy Debra speaks with the developer Esther Abene for Tech Takes Day. The portable traffic signal mounted on rollers is light enough to be carried around by one person whenever the need arises. So this is a portable solar-based traffic system that we use. It is a movable one as well. So we use it when there is um, when there is light out or when there is malfunctioning the traffic lights outside. We use it so that instead of having a police or an instructor to direct people where to pass, you put it there and then it will be um, telling us where to pass. And then the advantage of this over the others is that when there is no light, we can use this because it uses solar. It takes um, it takes energy from the sun and converts it into electricity to power it. And then we have a battery that is embedded inside too. So once it's taking the electricity, it's still charging the battery as well for us. So in case maybe it's a rainy day and then there is no um, sun for the solar panels to work, we have an alternative down here that works for it. Reporting for Joy News, Kwesi Debra. We take a short break. We'll return with more. Stay with us. The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Malatu, containing Arthometer and Lumifantrin. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to no problem. Mala 2 is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. My name is Tina. I am a person living with HIV. I got to know my HIV status after I gave birth and lost the child because of HIV. In those days, Prevention of mother-to-child transmission services had low patronage due to fear and stigmatization. 
today, many HIV-positive women have delivered negative children. I follow the guidelines and take my HIV medicine called ARVs every day as prescribed by my doctor. This makes me strong and healthy and also prevent me from passing HIV onto any future child. Please, avail yourself for PMTCT services when pregnant. It is the only way to ensure you do not pass the HIV onto your baby during birth or pregnancy. If you have tested for HIV recently and it was negative, test again when pregnant. If you have tested positive, go to the hospital after birth as directed by your healthcare provider. Your baby will be given medicine immediately and tested to ensure baby and mother are well. Let us work together to have an HIV-free generation. Our children must be free to shine. like becoming an entrepreneur aside academics is never going to be possible when you're in school. Mainly because we feel that we are young and we don't have the resources and the guts to be one. But if you believe in yourself and you have the passion to become an entrepreneur, then you already are. Staying ahead in a highly competitive environment requires applying creativity and innovation to every aspect of your journey to becoming an entrepreneur. Presently, entrepreneurship is driven by creativity and innovation to attain business objectives. The explosion in technology, business, entrepreneurship, and consumption in this new era is as a result of the ongoing application of innovation. Milton Bell once said, if opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. So, if you are ready to be an entrepreneur, Heritage Christian College is ready for you. Heritage Christian College moves you from a wantrepreneur to become an entrepreneur. Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still need job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan-African bank. Daddy, Daddy, this tank is big. Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface on 
earth. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I can see S I N T E S syntax. That is so true, my daughter. But it's further into spiral. That's not true. But why? Why? Syntax <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tongues in Ghana. Syntax again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntax gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntax is the answer. Syntax tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? Life beautiful. Embrace it with the all-new Ahuofe from GTP. Life. St there are days when you think, whoa, today I've earned it. So order a global. Days when plants run longer. What if we order a global? Or days when you can't control everything. Oh yes, because on global, you can order anything you want. Global, you order with the Welcome back and thank you so much for staying with us. Now, the Ghana Police Service says the issue of dysfunctional traffic light is beyond their operations. According to Director General of the Motor Traffic and Transport Department, COP Francis Doku, his outfit has joined calls to fix the malfunctioning traffic light, but is here to receive positive responses from the appropriate authorities. It is closed that the MTTD of the Police Service recently launched Traffic Tech GH to arrest culprit of traffic or road traffic uh, uh, issues, measures put in place to maintain sanity on the road. The issue of dysfunctioning traffic lights is beyond the Ghana police. But that notwithstanding, uh, in our case, as road safety campaigners, in our case, as traffic managers, we owe it a duty to also add our voice to the malfunctioning traffic lights. You know, if you care to know, sometime last year, so, sorry, sometime last month, I launched the Traffic Tech GH. The Traffic Tech GH basically is based on the principle of automated traffic. Now, without the traffic lights working, it will be difficult for us to get into that arena. So we are still in talks with the road ministry and other agencies whose work is to ensure that the, the traffic lights are functioning. Once the traffic lights begin to function, and as the sensitization on the traffic tech project goes on, we believe that we'll get to our desired destination. Now, marijuana smokers and thieves are said to be wrecking havoc on TMA primary and junior high schools at Sakumono 
in the Tama West municipality, a situation parents, teachers, and other stakeholders can no longer contain. This miscreant having filled day at the school, having literally converted classrooms into washrooms and a compound, a refuse dump. School Management Committee Chair Daniel Edo Nyanako tells Joy News thieves recently made their way into the world school to steal computers, laptops, and other valuables. Tama correspondent Kwame Yanka has the rest of the story. Primary and JHS Akumano is struggling to find an antidote to the menace from committers of the despicable act. According to school management committee chair Daniel Eduineku, the assembly looks on as the school fast deteriorates despite having filed complaints. He says the assembly keeps repeating the chorus of not having funds to help. Although the school management committee is doing its part by fixing some of these challenges, he added that it doesn't have the financial strength to do it all alone. Because we don't have proper security, the wind smokers and the thieves, they jump over the wall and then enter the classroom by breaking the windows. Now, um, one of the officers there that the students keep their, their, their computers and then books and other equipment, the thieves were able to j jump through the window, uh, use hammer and chisel to chisel through the wall, and then go and steal all the computers and the, 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 the laptops and the, the books, the textbook that the students are using. And there's no security. So please, we need security in this school. It, it's just some um, weak structure that has been used for the, for the gates. They, they, they easily enter here, they will enter to the classroom and then um, they, they will defecate in the class. Sometimes the teachers and the children will come, they, 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 they wish smoker have defecated in most of the classrooms. And it's very, very absurd. Is it, it, may, it discourages the teachers to, to, is it almost all the teachers are asking for transfer from the, this school. Chair of the Parent Teacher Association of the school, Stephen Asante says the school is helpless with the perpetrators becoming a thorn in their flesh. These attacks have resulted in almost all washrooms in the school not functioning. Tembia complain, Tembia complain. I have received countless complaints over what the school is experiencing. This pushed me to approach traditional authorities in the area to help in finding solutions to the situation. Despite our attempt to get the West Municipal Assembly to help address these challenges, the town folks too have a responsibility to keep an eye on the school. For parents, Esther Eboa, it is quite an eyesore at the canteen, which is often littered with feces. There isn't any part of the school where one won't come across human excreta. Security must be paramount, and it is an urgent matter. Madame Faustina Mensah, who has a ward and serves in the school, says nefarious activities are on the rise and must be dealt with. I know of a teacher who requested for transfer because she couldn't handle dealing with toilets every day in her class. My firstborn schooled here, but the school is gradually losing its image. Government seems unperturbed about the issues. 
ni table so waba no obi sabi obi asheda ko toilet agumu de se madam ni table ase enya fine parents agnes asama could not find words to describe what they are experiencing se se dia hasa akura ba bi e ton ade ye baba na nkrofo akọ toilet ni edie si wo we have to purchase disinfectants daily to clean our spots as we are bombarded with feces and other waste. This affects sales and we incur losses. We need a permanent solution to these acts in the school. Meanwhile, Thema West Municipal Assembly says its engineer is taking estimates of items destroyed and other challenges in the school for necessary action. Kwame Yankes reports for Joy News. Now away from that story, four out of five working mothers in Ghana experience difficulties in breastfeeding their infant, with only 9% of nursing mothers benefiting from the mandated maternity leave policy across the nation. Consequently, just 53% of babies in the country receive breast milk. These revelations were brought to light during the launch of this year's Breastfeeding Week in Accra. Details in the following reports. The Food and Drugs Authority, in collaboration with the Ministry of Health and Development Partners, including WHO and UNICEF, has launched this year's Breastfeeding Week under the theme, Enabling Breastfeeding, Making a Difference for Working Parents. Speaking at the launch, Professor Richmond Aite of the University of Ghana School of Public Health revealed that although Ghana's laws allow mothers 12 weeks of maternity leave, this provision is not effectively enforced. Our uh, legislation, our labor law, talks about the fact that we provide 12 weeks of paid maternity leave for every mother in Ghana, every working mother in Ghana. Now, this is what the study found, that almost four out of five employed women who were working were not entitled to breastfeeding. These are women who legally are entitled, but the study found that four out of five were not entitled uh, as far as the kind of working conditions they were in. Only 9% were entitled to maternity leave with pain, and 12% actually had maternity leave with pain. And it was worse among those who are low educa lower education level, low income level, and then those in rural areas. And the survey showed that 63% of women were working around the time that they gave birth. So 80, 81% did not take maternity leave at all, and 12% went on leave but without pay. Only 7% were paid when they went on maternity leave. As a result of this situation, the study revealed only 56% of Ghanaian infants have access to breast milk. To corroborate the study, a working mother shared her personal experience. I was away from about 7 o'clock in the morning till about 1.32 p.m. And in that period, the milk was just, was just coming through and there was nowhere to let it out. Um, this led to headaches, uh, mild fever from time to time, um, and 
you know, just difficulty concentrating at work. Um, so after a short amount of time, I made the decision to quit my job. Chief Executive Officer of the Food and Drugs Authority, FDA, Delise Mimidako, revealed her organization is collaborating with key stakeholders to fully implement the breastfeeding legislation, LI-1667. The FDA is closely working with various stakeholders, such as industry players, the Ghana Health Service, UNICEF, private sector employers, policymakers, and civil society organizations to implement the provisions of the breastfeeding LI 1667 to ensure that the product's information is not misleading directly or indirectly to affect the benefits of breastfeeding. We will continue to monitor advertisements in the traditional and social media and those placed in facilities to ensure that they comply with regulations. On her part, Deputy Minister of Health Tina Mensah reaffirmed the government's dedication to improving the breastfeeding scenario within the country. We recognize the challenges parents face in balancing their professional responsibilities with the needs of their infants. It is therefore our collective responsibility to address these challenges and ensure that every working parent can make breastfeeding choices without hesitation and difficulties. Betway is your gateway to a theme park full of gaming excitement. A whirlpool of wonder where your favorite games come to life. Where you can take to the skies with max payouts that reach into the millions. All in the palm of your hand. Visit betway.com.gh. Terms and conditions apply. Betway is regulated by the Gaming Commission of Ghana. No under 18. Bet responsibly. Betway. Bet your way. My name is John. 
and this is my long time crush. My cookie dipped in strawberry yogurt. On this scorching hot afternoon on our way back from a long job hunt, we met this good Samaritan who offered us a ride. Six weeks later. Big night is a special wedding reception for her bride and groom. And there she is, my cookie. Dipped in someone else's yogurt. Don't be like John. Who holds the mula? Calls the shots. Play game by games. The easiest lottery to play and win. It's four numbers from zero to nine up to three times daily to become one of our daily lucky winners. Dial star nine four six hash to play now. Or you can also play online at www.gameparkgames.com. Game Park is regulated by the National Lottery Authority. If daybreak the sun go shine, as I don't the moon go bright. Lion no fit struggle to shine. Your time come, surely you go shine. Lion no fit survive for some. I'm not from a flower, I'm not from a bow, I'm not from so that about the big, big place. So it could be very hard for you to penetrate like that. You know, promo wise, some people who are half my, my people, uh, somebody like that representing this group. And, but unfortunately, I don't represent good. I just do my music, put it on the like that. It was not easy for me. Big shout out to my people. They made me a superstar. They made me feel like now I'm somebody. That one alone gave me enough energy to step in any kingdom. I work on myself well. If I never work on myself, I don't think they'll be there saying, oh, this and this. And that. I respect a lot. That's number one. Family is everything. Love is everything. Yeah, I think artists of the year, chief one, have to be there. Chief one, very well. I think I'm just chief one. I'm doing chief one. I'm not copying anybody. The hairstyle alone is a different vibe. You get level pass over JJ. Adidas, Adibas, Abibas, Nike, Nika, Nikes, Nikes, Gucci. Vet Investment Limited. Hey Bex, what's up? Hello to what's you. What's in, in showbiz? Uh, this evening yeah. I have one beautiful lady, Chayuta. Uh, she just released a song called mm. Tonight. Wow. And, uh, we were at the song listening and she was telling us all about her musical journey and also what the tonight mm. means, what inspired the new song. is the reason why I keep on going. From my mom, my grandma, my team, management, that is the only support. And my friends, I mean, most of them pulled up to this event and I'm just seeing them was so heartwarming and it makes me want to push even harder to make everybody proud. Yeah. It means that you actually don't feel pressured by anybody to actually do what you feel like you want to do. Definitely not. I mean, when the day that I told my mom that I want to pursue a career in music, she was like, go for it. But if you 
feel like at any moment or any time you don't want to do music anymore, don't hesitate to tell me because you are young, you might develop new talents, new um, aspirations and everything. But so far, I mean, um, I have no, no plan of changing my mind. Thing was I had a moment where I was like you know I'm young I need to enjoy life it's I'm in my my young teen adult era and I need to explore I need to have fun I need to go out with friends and I was like you know what let me put this in a song so I actually I was speaking the South African dialect and um, I I had the opportunity of working with one of the biggest South African artists Zanda Zakusa she helped she wrote the song and then we all had this session over the phone because she's in South Africa the producer was very very supportive and the feedback because it wasn't an easy song to record so as I said my vocal coach had to come help it was stressful but I mean I I don't regret putting any effort into it yeah. go look out for uh, this beautiful voice. You know how to dance, Carlos? Yeah, I dance a lot. Oh, yeah. why am I surprised that you dance a lot? I dance a lot. So, so you're not just you need to come see me dance at <laughs> for home. Dance, oh, Especially for... when I'm so happy at home. Come and watch Okay, me. I'm not sure I'll, I'll be talking about your kind of dancing. Mm. I'm talking about Afronita's kind of dancing okay. that uh, she's taking globally. Uh, she recently visited Nigeria and she's been telling us all about her experience. Um, I mean, it's, it's been an amazing experience knowing that dance has brought me this far. I mean, all I can do is to be grateful and be thankful to God. Yeah. How was it able to for you to actually have that kind of exchange? Because you know they have a different vibe. You have a different vibe. But I believe for dancers, when you meet, there's a different vibe. That what one next kind of a vibe that comes in between when you do your stuff together. Okay, so with dance, it's just about sharing culture. I mean, we both do Afro dance. We have different styles of dance, and it's just the best when you're learning from each other. So I mean. We were all you got to learn from each other, so that's what created a vibe here, basically. So what's that new stuff that you've actually brought down after all all the all these cross countries that you've done? Well, I've learned new styles. I've learned Ogba from Nigeria. Um, basically, uh, Ogba from Nigeria. That's what I really learned when I went back there. <laughs> Well, Afronita right there. Let me tell you about Evaris. For those of you who don't know, we have new episodes coming up. Chief One uh, will be uh, the first uh, of this new episodes. Uh, Chief One will, tell, will be telling us all about his story on Saturday on Joy News, 8.30 a.m., right before News file. And on uh, Joy Prime, same Saturday, 4.30 p.m. There, there are repeat dates. You can join us. Uh, for this fantastic uh, musician coming all the way from the Volta region. He has so, um, so many songs, few uh, songs. He was actually the Vodafone uh, Ghana Music Awards uh, Best New Artist nominee, and he will be sharing his story, Carlos. And uh, that will be all for Showbiz this evening. Great, 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 um, great, great. You have any other message for your family out there? Bonyom Mani Okay, uh, we'll play that right after the show. Okay. Right, thank so, you so much for watching. Uh, for more news, log on to myjoyonline.com. My name is Carlos Caloni. Have a great evening.
Now, let me share my wildlife experience with you at Safari Valley Eco Park. Welcome to Safari Valley Eco Park. Our electric shuttle pulled up and in no time, our tour began. We were surrounded by wildlife from the moment we entered the Eco Park. We were greeted by experienced tour guides who took us through orientation and how to better enjoy the experience. Watch these animals roam freely in their natural habitats and disturb by our presence. We saw zebras, sable antelope, brown cranes, mara, silky chicken, nalas, Shetland ponies, and so many animals I just couldn't keep up. Our tour guides taught us so much about the wildlife, their behavior, and how to interact with them. I even fed them. We also went fishing on a man-made canal. Then we took a break to have lunch in this serene environment. All this amazing experience for this price for adults? This price for teenagers. It's a bargain. As the sun began to set, it was time to go back home, but not before dinner by the campfire. It has been a thrill of a lifetime, and I can't wait till my next visit. Safari Valley Eco Park, bringing you closer to nature. The malaria really knocked you down, eh? Charlie, no joke. Fever, headache, vomiting, loss of appetite. I couldn't even eat my usual fufu. <laughs> you and your fufu. But I hope you got it tested before the malaria treatment. Yes, I did. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out malaria one time. When malaria strikes, take Mala 2, containing Arthometer and Lumefantrine. Comes in tablets and suspension for effective treatment of malaria. Great to have you back. Thank you. No problem. Mala 2 is suitable for adults and children. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Artificial intelligence, creativity and sustainability. Join this year's Africa Rising 6, brought to you by the International Advertising Association IAA at the Kempinski Hotel Gold Coast City as we uncover the power of building future-ready brands on 5th and 6th September. Speaker Sasan Saidi, World Chairman and President, International Advertising Association, Andrew Techiapia, Co-Founder and MD, ZPay, Letepu Machaba, Independent Business Leader, Former Vice President of Home Care, Unilever, Ivan Moroki, CEO Kanta South Africa, Guy Parker, Chief Executive, Advertising Standards Authority, United Kingdom, Steve Papaiko, CEO, Extreme Ideas, Sami Awuku, Director General, National Lottery Authority, and many more. This conference is sponsored by Margins Group, ZPay, Google, MTN, Goyle and NLA, Media Partners, CNN, Media General, The Multimedia Group, 
Geographic Communication Group, City TV and City 97.3 FM. Register now at www.africarising.iaaglobal.org for more information or contact Nanajwa on 0242-528-431 or the AAG Secretariat 0244-440477. John, and this is my long time crush. My cookie dipped in strawberry yogurt. On this scorching hot afternoon on our way back from a long job hunt, we met this good Samaritan who offered us a ride. Six weeks later, big night to Shanae, a special wedding reception for her bride and groom. And there she is, my cookie dipped in someone else's yogurt. Don't be like John, who holds the mullah, calls the shots, play game by games, the easiest lottery to play and win. It's four numbers from zero to nine up to three times daily to become one of our daily lucky winners. Dial star nine four six hash to play now. Or you can also play online at www.gameparkgames.com. Game Park is regulated by the National Lottery Authority. The business segment is brought to you by EcoBank, Pan African Bank. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Welcome to Business here on Joy News Prime. I am Beverly Prom. We go straight into the stories now. And the much-talked-about cylinder recirculation model is set to take off tomorrow, September 1, 2023. This was after the National Petroleum Authority embarked on an industry engagement after some initial opposition to the program. Details in the following report. The initiative seeks to centralize the distribution and sales of LPG in the country for domestic use. It will allow consumers to exchange empty cylinder for a filled one at a specific location. The model will be rolled out first in the greater Accra and Ashanti regions before it is extended to other parts of the country. Joy Business understands that the national 
National Petroleum Authority has reviewed an earlier directive that permits only the Ghana card to be used as a form of identification for the program. It will now accept other forms of national identification. The authority also reviewed that there will be a three-year transition period for the module. This should mean that the first three years of the program will be used to address all the challenges about the initiative before it fully takes off. Now, research leader GCB Capital Courage Buti is urging government to brainstorm and find innovative ways of taxing the informal sector. Government has placed new restrictions on borrowings by state-owned enterprises and other entities to check the country's rising debt, a move Courage Buti describes as prudent. He suggests the government should turn their attention to the informal sector, which represents about 80% of the Ghanaian workforce. He spoke earlier on the marketplace. Borrowing has never been bad. Um, if if you borrowing for a project that can self-sustain or can pay for itself, then there is no problem. We can talk about examples of things like your Terminal 3 project. Um, if you are borrowing to do um, a Terminal motorway and then you put a toll on it and then where you could, the proceeds from that tolling can go into servicing the debt, there is no problem. If you are borrowing then you must weigh the cost versus the benefits. And if we are doing a kilometer of road, the question should should be, is this for political consideration or it has some economic consequence? Of course, not everything can have economic consequence, really. I mean, a road in probably some hinterland may not pay for itself through some commercial activity, but we need to balance that so that become on new basis than those with commercial viability. Uh, I mean, they take precedence, whereas the very social ones that do not have immediate social benefit and immediate commercial benefits, hold, you could moderate how much of those you do. We balance our development strategy that way we could be earning money from the commercial ones, uh, which can go into paying for the extremely social uh, projects that we are undertaking. And then we need to look at domestic tax uh, revenue mobilization. And by this, I do not mean raising the tax rate. It has been the common um, catch whenever we talk of tax. But then, uh, it is easier said, I must admit, that expanding the tax base, expanding the tax net is very easy to say, but then the practice of it is actually where the challenge is. And, and, and I respect that going forward, we brainstorm and find innovative ways to get the informal sector players to play and to pay the habit, including the artisans, I mean, who we could easily find innovative ways uh, to, to get into the tax mm. net. The E-Levy hasn't done it, but what else could do it? We need to look at that because if we could even expand the current revenue base by a 30, 40 percent on a sustainable basis, which is feasible given the large size of the informal sector, uh, we may cut our borrowing needs by I mean, a significant percentage, really. So we need to look at those means also of trying to reduce the debt burden. Now, banking consultant Dr. Rich Monituahene has said operationalizing the Ghana Financial Stability Fund is a positive move. Government has set the end of September this year as the new date for the Ghana Financial Stability Fund to take off. Now, reacting to this development, Dr. Etiahene admonished government to concentrate on distributing the funds primarily to domestic banks to support economic growth. I always go for the indigenous Ghanaian banks. Why? 
The reason why is in literature, a paper that I have done, have shown that some of the banks, the, the foreign banks have already started. I can mention Stambik, FMB, Zenit. They've already made, they have begun the process already refencing and recapitalizing some of the banks. And don't forget, it is the domestic banks that suffered heavily. Yes, the indigenous bank really suffered heavily. So for me, we should focus on on the domestic bank or the indigenous bank and let the uh, the foreign-based bank take care of them because they've already started it. And I'm sure by the Capital Plan Requirement Bank of Ghana said, I'm sure all the foreign banks have submitted their capital plan. So it is the domestic bank that will have a lot, uh, uh, what have a lot of challenges. So let us concentrate. You see, we have to concentrate because one thing we should learn from this crisis is that let us build a strong domestic institutions. I'll tell you one example. Have you ever heard a Ghanaian bank operating in the Nigerian domestic banking system? Absolutely nothing. Have, have you ever heard a Ghanaian operating in the South African system? Absolutely nothing. They built Chinese wall around their banking system, makes it very difficult for you to penetrate. But for our case, it is easier for them to come. So that is why they have already started recapitalizing it. And we have to do that so that we can also build a strong domestic banking sector that will keep the economy running. Other than that, a time will come, as we have done to the mining sector and the telecos, we'll be selling our best right to the foreign institutions. And when they make their money, I mean, they, they do so many things to get the monies out. So I believe that as a, as a country, let us support indigenous institutions like the banking sector. Moving on, the Ghana Revenue Authority has closed down Tropical Enclave Hotel in Osu and arrested the manager of the facility for failing to issue VAT receipt to clients. The authority has also arrested the manager for Golden Crystal at East Legon. This is part of the VAT enforcement exercise by the GRA. Here's Area Manager of Enforcement, Assistant Commissioner Joseph Anan, addressing the media after the exercise. You can do it. Yes, our match is so on to help shore up revenue collection for government. So we are still on our test patches and compliance and enforcement exercise. Today, our journey took us to Osu, and we went to Tropical Enclave. They are doing non-issuance of the invoice. That is the infraction. Then we went to Golden Crystal, and then they are issuing their own invoice. It's the same non-issuance. Then we went to Hilton View Hotel. They are not registered. East Legon. They are at East Legon. Then from there, we came to Brands Less for Kids. Brands Less for Kids. They are not registered. And they are at East Legon. We came to Party Tree. They are also not registered. They are at East Legon. Then Lupita Collection. 
They are also not registered and at East Legon. Then we came to Limpa Fabrics and Accessories, Accessories and more. They are also not registered. And then we are at Precious Fabrics. Uh, they are also non-compliant. They are registered, but they are not issuing the invoice. Then Sheets and Towels Enterprise. They are also not registered. So, you know, we have visited 10 places. Well, we went to 11, 10 places, but one is registered and is compliant. That is uh, Pistics. Uh, what is the next? Fashion. Pistics Fashion. They are registered and they are very compliant. So kudos to them. That's been the challenge uh, over the years because this is a, like a developed area and you come, many of them are not registered or they are not issuing the VATs. What has been the challenge? Have you identified any? Yeah, it's, it's quite uh, disturbing that uh, you were with us. We went to just a small area and you realize that many of them are not registered. It's, it's an issue we need to tackle. So what we have to do is, you know, every area has, has our office, what we call the TSC, who are responsible for the area. So what we need to do is to probably uh, get the TSC, who is responsible for East Legon, to really uh, uh, lace its, its boots so that they will make sure that things are done and are done well. agriculture now and government has been encouraged to establish an agricultural insurance fund to increase insurance coverage in the agriculture space. Policy officer at Agra, Dr. Dorothy Afa, emphasized the need for government to devise alternatives in generating revenue for the fund and not burdening the average Ghanaian with more levies. She spoke at a media soiree organized by Agra. Agricultural insurance is not widespread in West Africa, less than 5% of farmers having access to agricultural insurance products. The concept is relatively new in Ghana, with a meagerly percentage signed onto a policy. Policy officer at Agra, Dr. Dorothy Ifa, believes the best way to remedy this is to establish an agricultural insurance fund. The law that has been amended by parliament, that is what they are saying, that if you say that you are going to do agricultural insurance, then make sure you establish an agricultural insurance fund. And how this is going to be established, the fund, not necessarily it could be a levy, but it could even, you know that in National Insurance Commission gets money from if you insure your car. So perhaps the money that goes to NIC, they can charge perhaps 002% should be put into agricultural insurance. But this is something that will go through parliament for them to establish. Because right now, I was even telling people that right now, our present situation, the window is not really conducive to pushing a, like, something like a levy on agricultural insurance because of already the tax burden that one nation is going through. Agra recently launched its strategy 3.0. Program officer at Agra, Bashiru Musa, gave a breakdown of how his outfit helped farmers to gain access to markets under the first and second strategies. The plan of that project was to basically support some processes, the lead processes, there were about four of them under the rise, 
were basically processes around uh, the, the southern part of Ghana and then the northern part of Ghana to be able to offtake from the farmers. Now, what is very pathetic is that if a farmer produces and he has no option, he has no place to sell, you can be you know, best assured that the following year round, he's either going to switch to a different crop or he may not even produce at all or produce um, you know, a very small quantity that cannot be taken to the market. So we, we, we use the project to really leverage a lot of market opportunities for our farmers. And the farmers were very grateful. Now, when we started with the registration, some of them were like, no, I don't want to be part of the project. But by the second year, we had moved from registering over 30,000 farmers to 110,000 farmers across the rice-producing regions in Ghana. Meanwhile, governments launched the Ghana Agricultural Insurance Program in 2011. Now, Managing Director of Hollard Insurance, Daniel Boy Addo, has indicated that the insurance industry has recorded some marginal growth in the past few months. According to him, the company is employing strategies to increase insurance penetration in the country. He was speaking at the launch of the Hollard Insure Pack. Hollard Insurance, in partnership with Vivo Energy, has launched the Hollard Insure Pack, which brings instant motor insurance directly to customers at shelf well stations nationwide. The product allows customers to purchase motor insurance for all types of vehicles and motorbikes. According to the managing director of Hollard Insurance, Daniel Boy Addo, they are working to increase insurance coverage in the country. The industry is growing. I mean, if you compare where we are now to where we were 10 years ago, there's a significant difference. However, there's still a lot of uh, distance to be, to, 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 be, uh, to be cleared. Still penetration is around 1% and it's been so for the last few years. However, in the last few years, if you would note, there's been a lot of innovation in the insurance space, all aimed at solving the accessibility problem. I mean, hopefully in the future, everyone will have an insurance or access to an insurance product very close to wherever they want it. Traditionally, we've always sold insurance in insurance halls, or if you needed insurance, you had to contact your broker or your intermediary. It was always a laborious process getting insurance. What we are saying is that this is the 21st century. We should move from that way of selling insurance. So we've packaged insurance, motor insurance, and we are selling it at a, at a Vivo shop near to you. Corporate communications manager at Vivo Energy, Shirley Tony Kim, reiterated the company's commitment towards ensuring the well-being of their customers. As a company that really values the health and safety of its people, we are excited about the fact that um, our customers, when they come to our stations, are actually insured and protected on the go. So we believe that it's a great partnership and we look forward to more future partnership with other institutions, including Hollard, to bring in more offers to our customers. The Hollard Insure Pack is a cutting-edge product that allows customers to purchase a motor insurance policy immediately and electronically. The challenges posed by climate change, food demand and decreasing arable land have inspired the need for the use of sustainable machinery to increase farming efficiency and productivity. In the fourth edition of the Energy Commission Senior High Schools, 
Renewable Energy Challenge, Sugakope SHS and Quabri SHS won the northern and southern zones respectively for their interventions to improve sustainable agricultural practices. This progresses them to the national challenge with four more schools later in October. Clinton Yaboa has more in the following report. The Senior High School's Renewable Energy Resources Challenge is under the Energy Commission's mandate to promote the use of renewable energy. The challenge aims to develop the research skills of senior high school students and promote technological innovation in renewable energy and energy efficiency. The challenge aims to promote the efficient use of renewable energy resources through public education, training and regulation of entrepreneurs in the sector. The 14th edition was themed Mechanized Small-Scale Agriculture Using Renewable Energy Technologies. Sugakope SHS beat seven schools with the invention of a multi-purpose farm vehicle for sowing, harrowing and spraying to win the Southern Zone competition. Quabre SHS with the invention of solar-powered mechanized knapsack sprayer also beat seven schools to win the Northern Zone competition. Families today, everyone complaining about using the cartilage and then their home. So we are trying to mechanize all these things so that they bring their interest into the sector. That is why we develop our five-in-one mechanized agriculture. Therefore, with this machine, we just press a button, effort some to happen uh, in the farm. So you, there's no manual work with our machine. So you just relax and then operate. When we look at the small scale, uh, as compared to the commercial agriculture, the last scale agriculture, we said as small scale, mostly they depend on NASA sprayer or the manual sprayer, which even have so many effects on the operator's life. So I'll just sit down now. that we can mechanize that NASA sphere for it to operate on the farm to make farm timeless and also easy for the operator to operate. Ashanti Regional Director of Education, Williams Amankra, is pleased the challenge will help improve the agricultural activities of the country. Since when did we uh, get cuckoo? How many years now? Over 100 years. The old system from the tree to of the cocoa. One of the problems that we have is post is post uh, harvest loss. The babadie, we know babadie, too poor. It won't take us anywhere. The little thing that they learn, let us, let us domesticate it. Let us use our hand in producing them. Now, I've seen mechanized agriculture small scale there. It's a nice program. Please, let us give it uh, the noise that it deserves. Director of Renewable Energy and Energy Efficiency at the Energy Commission, Dr. Kufia Jako, said the schools will be supported to patent their technologies for commercialization. The Energy Commission will take the additional steps of ensuring that the school will also have the patent right to that technology. Yes, because once we succeed in bringing those projects to commercial status, and is able to catch the market, I mean, the end results will be revenue. We want to make impact, change the landscape of the senior high schools when it comes to revenue mobilization. Sugakope SHS, Yasantua Girls SHS, and Infansipim SHS from the Southern Zone will join Kwabre SHS, Toma SHS, and Sewa Kese Girls SHS from the Northern at the grand finale of the challenge in October. From the 16th regions, 125 schools participated in the Renewable Energy Challenge. Reporting for Joy News, Clinton, Yabwa.
That's all for business. We have more business news when you log on to myjoyonline.com forward slash business. I am Beverly Broom. I leave you with news making headlines on the international front. Was brought to you by Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. Take a simmer bag for your QR code. It's time you switch to Bell Park today. Hello? Yes, yeah, Kadamfu. Welcome to our accomplished establishment. Sika, mama, brother, dad, mom. There was silly gally. And him higgle the pig, Lydia. Can you spell? Huh? What you mean? Hey, I'm about Samson. It's a moment in your penny, Chigam. And Samasaka, Miss Car. Let's try to be a Should I listen for you? It's okay, Grandma. I can drink it all. Oh, coffee. I've brought plenty for you. Do you know that? that? Calipo, the natural fruit juice drink. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA.
If this is Connect Africa with me, Blessed Sugan. Welcome to our program. We have updates on the elections taking place in Sierra Leone. There had been some um, attack around the opposition's office, and this was because of because they prematurely um, announced um, results, which both parties technically did. And what is the cost of political unrest in the West Africa sub-region? The preponderance of, uh, you know, uh, illicit activities resulting from easy access to, to small arms is, is causing a lot of havoc across the region. Five countries, how are you going to work with them? It is one of the few cases where we have the countries themselves agreeing to do it and calling on ECOWAS to act on their behalf. There is a DNA testing, the process of our DNA of our 17 students who were banned beyond recognition. So at the moment, there is some uncertainty. Some of the parents think, hey, is, it, uh, uh, is my kid part of those that were banned beyond recognition, the 17? Every human being has the right to a livable world and to secure that livable world. All the rich nations and all the international financial organizations must transform the standard of doing business. Welcome to Prime Sports with me, Razak Musbao. And tonight, Ampem Dakwa have triumphed in the Wafu Zone B qualifiers, securing both the regional title and a coveted spot in the Women's Champions League, slated for next month. And the team defeated Delta Queens of Nigeria 1-0 in the final of the game uh, of the Wafu Zone B qualifiers game in Benin City to end that slot in the Women's Champions League. This comes after they narrowly missed out on qualifying for the same tournament last year, finishing runners-up in the qualifiers following a loss to Nigeria's Bielsa Queens in the final. Here's a highlight of that game between Ampem Dakwa ladies and their counterpart, Delta Queens. Champions. 
They become the second Ghanaian club to end qualification for the Women's Champions League uh, over there after Hazaka's ladies achieved the same feat in the inaugural edition in 2020-21. Now the 2023 CAF Women's Champions League will be played in Ivory Coast between Sunday 5th to 19th November 2023. Now to the Black Stars where forward Abdul Fatawi Sahaku has joined Leicester City on a season-long loan from Portuguese side Sport and CP. Now, Isako will link up with Enzo Maresca's squad for the uh, 2023 Skybet Championship season, where Leicester will be aiming to quickly return to the English Premier League. Now, after switching from Sporting to England, Abdul Fatah Isako spoke to the class media and he said joining Leicester City was his best moment. I'm so happy and uh, this is an amazing moment for me. The coach told me how he wants to guide me. so. I think I'm just happy to be here. This will be the, the best moment for me in my career. Abdul, welcome. You're now a Leicester City player. How does it feel to be here? Um, actually, um, I'm so happy. and uh, This is an amazing moment for me. And I think um, I'm happy to be here. Why did you feel like this was the right next step for you? Obviously, you're coming over from Portugal. Why was this the right move for you? Uh, for me, uh, from, uh, from the look of uh, Leicester and uh, how I, I talked with uh, the coach, I think here was the best for me. I chose Leicester because I think they can grow me well and um, I get more mature than, yeah. You mentioned about speaking to the manager, Enzo Maresco. What, what did he say to you? Um, actually, he told me um, about um, the plans he got for me and how he wanted me to play. And so I think that was the best for me. So that's why I chose here. And you had a chance to look around the, the facilities here at, at the training ground. What, what have you made of it? What has been your first impressions of, of this? Uh, for me, here, I think here is the best place for me to be because uh, the facilities I saw is the best and I was uh, so happy to see this, so I'm very happy. Well, we are all happy for him, but another Ghanaian youngster who will be happy is Enes Nyama because he has officially completed his move to French outfit Olympic Lyon from FC Nordjylland, where the club confirmed the signing uh, earlier. Uh, in the course of the week, bringing an end to a fruitful spell with a Danish giant as he joins a loan with an obligation to be signed permanently by the former French champions. Now, the 19-year-old transfer has been anticipated in the last few days following his successful medicals earlier last week, having already agreed on personal terms. Yama follows in the footsteps of fellow compatriots Mohamed Kudus and Kamal Din Suleiman, who are left FC Norgeland, after brilliant spells, having all initially joined from Right to Dream Academy. Now, the 2023 Champions League group stage draw has been held, and it will see Ghanaian duo Thomas Partey and Salis Abdul Samet square off in the group stage where Arsenal and RC Lan uh, have been drawn. 
now uh, Joy Sports. Uh, Daniel Cranton joins me via Zoom to bring us up to speed on the full results as far as the draw is concerned. Daniel, it was um, a pretty decent evening of uh, Champions League draw. You know, finally we are having the Champions League return on our screens. But uh, just take us through the draw and the group stage, just uh, in terms of the groupings that were, that on, uh, on, unfolded, uh, you know, earlier today. Yeah, first of all, what you mentioned from uh, a Ghanaian point of view, the fact that Salis and uh, Pate have been drawn against each other is really um, nice to see. I'm not too sure Salis will be available for match day one. We know he had an injury last week, uh, which will cause him to miss the Black Stars or the upcoming Black Stars squad. But all the same, um, Salis versus Pate will obviously uh, bring smiles to the faces of, of, of Ghanaians. It's... Uh, Pate is not new to this terrain during his time at uh, Atletico Madrid. But for Arsenal fans, um, it's been a long seven-year wait and they are finally back. And it's it's nice to see that they are back in the Champions League. But for me, the, the group that stands out for me is obviously Group F. It is such a difficult group. And um, for, for for football lovers, it, it's, it's, it's really remarkable that every single game in that group will, will be one to watch. You have Newcastle, AC Milan, Borussia Dortmund and PSG, whichever way you flip the switch, it's going to serve up a, a very interesting encounter. And these are teams that are all on form. It's a mixture of traditional teams. You have uh, AC Milan in the Newcastle in the very traditional team, a team that has come into money and are doing pretty well in, in, in recent times. Borussia Dortmund, very exciting team to watch. And then also PSG with their new head coach and their, uh, the new players that they've brought in. It's obviously going to serve up something very interesting. For uh, just a pointer, the fact that uh, Luis Enrique is now in charge of PSG, remember that he won the Champions League with Barcelona back in 2015 when he had the famous MSN as his, uh, as his front three. This time around, you have Mbappe, you have Dembele, and it looks like Kolomani may join uh, uh, yeah. PSG. So that's yeah, another very interesting front three that will battle against the rest of these uh, teams. But... Um, all in all, I think it's outside this group. I think it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward. You look at the group uh, with Manchester City, and you ask yourself, how come they keep on getting favorable, uh, favorable groups uh, every single time? The defending champions have to battle with RB Leipzig, who they went past quite easily in the knockout round last season. Red Star Belgrade. Um, so Osman Bukari will come up against Ellen Haaland. It's quite interesting for Ghani, and young boys are also in that group. And you look at Barcelona FC, Porto, Shakhtar, and then Royal Antwerp. You don't expect Barcelona to have it, uh, a tough time navigating that group. Remember that last year's Champions League ended in disappointment for Barcelona. They were in a very, very tough group with Bayern Munich and Inter Milan in that group. This time around, uh, with Shakhtar, Royal Antwerp, and FC Porto, you really don't think that these guys will give Barca uh, a hard time. Uh, Manchester United will also have to face Harry Kane. <laughs> that is a, yeah, a Man United. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Manchester United versus Bayern Munich. That, that's definitely one game that people were looking forward to. You know, they, they're already pitching Eric Ten Hag, you know, against Thomas Tuchel. And of course, Harry Kane returning to England. Interesting, uh, you know, pairing there we got. Yeah, very interesting pairing. Um, it is a, a traditional Champions League encounter. Remember, the, a repeat of the 99 final, that famous final that won. Man United, the Champions League, two goals in the last minute. So people who know the Champions League will always remember this tie. And this tie has a, a history and a, a place in the hearts of Champions League fans. So 
the fact that we're going to be served up two encounters, one at the Allianz Arena, one at Old Trafford, is very interesting to watch. And then Galatasaray also back in the Champions League. Uh, traditional Turkish team. They have to whether they'll be able to give the top two a proper competition. I doubt it, but we are we 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 we, uh, we wait to see what will happen there. But you expect Bayern Munich and Man United to progress from Group A. Real Madrid are in a I would say favorable group. The traditional owners of the UEFA Champions League, aside Napoli, in the you don't really see Braga in Union Berlin giving them a, 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 a tough a tough time. Union Berlin is their first time in the Champions League. Braga don't necessarily always make the Champions League. Braga are usually um, in the Europa League, Conference League. This time, they've made a jump to the Champions League. So you just feel that that uh, experience deficit will cost uh, the, the, the two teams at the bottom there in Braga and Union Berlin. You expect Napoli and Real Madrid to sail through pretty easily. For Arsenal, um, I mentioned earlier, yes, aside the fact that it's party versus uh, Salis in Lanz and Arsenal, you also have PSV in there, a team that... We've waited a four at the Champions League scene for quite a while. They are back. Um, Sevilla, <laughs> the owners of the UEFA Europa League. Mm. You, you really... I think if, if Arsenal wanted a welcome back to the Champions League, mm. this is the sort of draw that they wanted. Something favourable to help them uh, make it through to the, to the knockout round. So I would say for me, Group, a, group B, Arsenal are, are my prime favourites to finish top of the group. Mm, interesting. Well, but I, I mean, Daniel, beyond the groupings, uh, some awards also did take place. Uh, bring us up to speed on those. Yeah, we know that um, Helen Haaland won the big award. It's much deserved, much deserved. If you look at what he did, um, the entirety of last season, I was very surprised at the top three in terms of the, the, nom the nominees. Um, interesting to know that the UEFA Champions League player of the season in Rodri missed out on the top three of the UEFA Men's Player of the Year. Funny enough, um, uh, Rodri also ended up winning the, the UEFA uh, Nations League. I don't think Messi should have been in the top three, but he was in there. But all in all, justice had been saved. Ellen Haaland was head and shoulders above his peers last season. Uh, you don't break a, a long-standing Premier League record, score 36 goals in a, a Premier League season. You don't crash Champions League records like what he did last season in the five goals in one game, ending up with 12, 13 Champions League goals uh, throughout the season. You can't win a treble. Uh, winning the Premier League, the most difficult league to win the Champions League and then the FA Cup and not run, uh, run away with this with this title. So for me, much, much, much deserves for Erling Haaland. And um, for, look, I, I think it was pretty straightforward. If you, if you watch football last season or the a duration of which this award comes into into context, mm. then you know that Haaland clearly deserved to win. Yeah, and then there is uh, Pep Guardiola also picked up, you know, the UEFA coach of the year. I mean, I think there's no doubt. If you make the same case for Erling Haaland, Pep Guardiola haven't won the treble also. Yeah. You know, there's, there's just no questions about the fact that he completely deserves this. Yeah, by far. Um, winning the Premier League, uh, the Champions League FA Cup. Remember, this was his third Premier League title in a row. Manchester City were just absolutely brilliant. And to, to put things into context, it is extremely difficult to win the Champions League with teams that are not traditional in that sense. This is a, Manchester City's first ever Champions League uh, title. Um, people used to use that against them, the fact that they didn't have the pedigree in this competition. Pep Guardiola turned this team into a a winning machine mm. has gained them respect and finally won the Champions League with them. If there was a higher award he could win, I'm sure they would have given it to him, but this is the highest he can win in the UEFA Men's Coach of the Year. So much deserved for Pep Guardiola.
Well, great. Uh, Daniel Crantin, thanks so much for making time to join us tonight. And uh, that's Daniel Crantin with the Joy Sports Dex. But a few other awards did take place. Uh, England's women's national team coach, uh, Sarah Wegman, also picked up the women's coach of the year and a few other accolades also for uh, the women's over there. But uh, let's get to Germany now because um, the Bundesliga match day three is coming up uh, beginning tomorrow with Dortmund's kicking starts, uh, start kickstarting. The weekend fixtures and uh, DWTV's Chris Harrington joins us for some analysis, some preview to the weekend fixtures. Chris, good to have you again. And of course, uh, is the game between Union Berlin and RB Leipzig. Leipzig did start the season having won the trophy. You know, they defeated Bayern Munich uh, to win the Super Cup. But Union Berlin themselves, I mean, over the last weekend, they were down by a man, but went ahead to defeat Darmstadt by four goals to one. Absolutely impressive performance, and they are what a team to watch. Match RB Leipzig, the Super Cup holders, defeated Bayern Munich before the season kicked off. And they only recently picked up their first win on match day two after a stellar performance from Javi Simons, you know, one of their new uh, signings for Marco Rosa. But uh, this particular fixture could be interesting because Union Berlin have their new addition as well. And Gossens, Robin uh, Gossens, I mentioned him uh, earlier in the week. He, he contributed a brace. And when you look at history, you know, Despite RB Leipzig already having a piece of silverware in their uh, trophy case this particular season, the head-to-head -head history highly favors Union Berlin in this fixture. They've won the last three matchups, and they've hit the ground running. You know, they've picked up two victories uh, so far. They've scored enough goals to counter, you know, one or two getting through the defense. You know, so this should be a very interesting fixture, a very interesting matchup. I think it'll be a very highly contested uh, battle on the pitch. You know, I think the score will be very close. It's hard to pick a flat-out winner, but obviously history, you know, the game is in Berlin, so that gives Union a slight advantage, and plus the history. Plus, you know, you know, when you're talking about a player like Gozens coming in, Union Berlin have quite a wealth of of goal scores now. Kevin Behrens came off scoring a hat trick. You know, his first hat trick, a career hat trick for him. Goalkeeper, you know, blocking penalties. So Union Berlin, I think, is going to be a serious opponent for anyone who steps into this city to compete. And uh, and I'm sure RB Leipzig, RB Leipzig will get their take of that uh, uh, coming up soon. Well, Chris, I mean, there's also a game between Bayern Munich and Mönchengladbach, but Harry Kane, he is a goal machine at the moment. Everything seems to be working around him, and he's finding the back of the net. Scored a brace in his last game for Bayern Munich, but they will have to host Mönchengladbach. But what's quite interesting in that fixture is that Gladbach themselves have, you know, proven to be, uh, you know, a torn in the flesh of Bayern Munich. Last season, they defeated Bayern Munich at Gladbach, and it just might be that, um, especially considering they haven't won a game this season, they just might be hoping to uh, find their feet in the season with a win over Bayern Munich. But Harry Kane might be the trouble. Yeah, Gladbach, uh, you know, opened up their season with a draw and then defeat to Leverkusen. But this is an interesting matchup as well because of the history. Gladbach handed Bayern Munich defeat. The last time they met in Gladbach. And, you know, this particular match could be a visit to that Gladbach a team searching for their first victory. 
Typically, they should have more hunger on the pitch when competing against Bayern Munich and the Harry Kane machine. That's what you have to consider it now because everything seems to be Harry Kane and Bayern Munich are winning. Someone needs to come and disrupt that. Gladbach has done it before, and I think that they are capable of doing it again. But you look at the personnel that Gladbach have, they're just not the same team. They don't have as many weapons. They have no more Marcus Thuram up front. You know, Playa is still there, you know, as a weapon. You know, but uh, Bayern Munich have their new defense. And they recently signed a goalkeeper, though, as well. I don't think this goalkeeper is expected to get any time anytime soon. But he's expected to be an understudy of Sven Ulreich, a goalkeeper known to concede goals. Bayern Munich haven't really been tested so much so far this season. Gladbach could be that very first test for not only, you know, the defense of their title, their defense as well, and just how long this Harry Kane honeymoon will last. Because, you know, my instinct tells me when Bayern are truly tested on the pitch, it'll disrupt the Bayern locker room as well. Well, we'll wait to see how long Harry Kane honeymoon will last. But, Chris, just before I let you go, uh, anything else really hits your radar in the course of the week? You know, just some news referring to a sleeping team, a team I consider capable of dethroning Bayern Munich. That's Bayer Leverkusen, well coached by Javi Alonso. They recently added another offensive weapon, this time Nathan Tella. He's only 24. He's played in the English Championship. He scored over 10 goals in that competition. He's impressed Leverkusen. Kind of went the same route as Victor Boniface did. He impressed in uh, European competition, and then Leverkusen went and signed him. They want to improve their squad by, you know, plucking from opponents they faced, and he is another player that could add another layer of offensive threat to Bayer Leverkusen. They have so many weapons already. They brought in uh, Chaka from uh, Arsenal. They have uh, Germany's winger Hoffmann, uh, Boniface as well, and uh, Stanisic is on loan to add value to their, to their defense. So I think that's a team uh, to look out for, and uh, it'll be interesting when they do face Bi uh, Bayern Munich and the other teams that finished ahead of them in the table because that will be their true test. Well, Chris Arrington, thanks very much for making time with us here on Prime Sports. Uh, Chris Arrington is with DWTV, a partner station, and he joined us all the way from Berlin, Germany, for that update. Just some news coming in from the Ghana Football Association. Well, the timeline, the deadline for the transfer window has been extended to the 8th of September. It was supposed to close uh, tomorrow, the 1st of September, but the Garfield Association has since extended it to the 8th of September. Well, coming up also tomorrow at 8 p.m. is Joy Sports Transfer Countdown, and it's a global edition. We do this every year before, this, before uh, the end of the transfer window. So it's going to be here 8 p.m. Uh, on Joy Prime and Joy News. We want to, and also will be on all our social media platforms. So you want to join us and the entire Joy Sports team for all uh, the updates and analysis relative to the transfer window. And also, which players will be moving on the final day of the transfer window. Well, that's all time will permit us tonight on Time Sports. With me, Razak Musbao. We have so much more stories on myjoyonline.com for slash sports. Do have a lovely evening. Four segments was brought to you by Mendel DBS Industries to Youth.